0: Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.
1: Survive, thrive, stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy podcast.
2: So, let's talk about food. You are the secret forest master. You're, you, um, so don't hate me, Rick, but on my land currently, I have so much canopy of trees. I can't even use a sun oven on my own property. I have to go out to the road within five feet of the road to put my sun oven out to cook food. And that looks kind of odd to my neighbors when they're driving by and they see this satellite looking dish kind of thing as I'm cooking. But you are the, the king of gardening. So when you started this, you were a business guy. How did you all of a sudden go, Hey, I need to grow food. Hey, I need to make it where it kind of blends in with the forest. So tell us how all that kind of happened.
3: Well, um, I, I lived in New Hampshire for a number of years and I had apple orchards there and, um, did everything. I was kind of a gentleman farmer and, uh, you know, I did everything according to conventional wisdom and, uh, I sprayed pesticide every 10 days. And after every rain, um, I used fertilizer or used weed killer. Um, you know, I had all my trees growing in straight rows. It was all one single crop with all the same apple trees. Um, and, you know, with grass growing in between and the leaves touching between the the apple trees. And little did I realize that the grass sucked up the same nutrients the apples did needed. And, um, you know, I still had scabby, wormy apples, no matter what I put in there for chemicals. So it was just it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I spent a lot of time and then I did the same thing when I was in Florida, you know, with citrus. Um, so when it came time time for us to move to our final retreat, so to speak, I said, you know, I'm going to try this permaculture stuff because I've been reading a lot about it. And, you know, there would be these 400 page books written by university professors and they just Mm -hmm. were a little hard to understand, but I kind of picked them apart and I made this little plan and said, I'm going to grow them on the south side of this mountain that we bought because that's where the most sun is going to be. And I'm going to put terraces in so I can maximize my space from a geometric standpoint. And it's, you know, the, the, as ink is, um, and, uh, many of the people in China, uh, grow their food on terraces on, on the side of mountains. So, um, I said, well, let's, let's see what we can do. And I, I decided that, you know, I would, I would do, um, <clears throat> I would have these little mini ecosystems. And so let's take a fruit tree, for example, a nut tree, and that grows up and then eventually grows out. And underneath that uh, fruit tree then becomes shade. It's got a canopy. So then there are certain types of plants that enjoy that shade and there's a symbiotic relationship between the two, and they share nutrients together, and they both do better together than they do by themselves. And then you've got this tree, and outside of that is full sun, and that's where you plant your your shrubs, your blueberries, elderberries, blackberries, um, you know, those kind of raspberries, those kind of things. And then outside of that is full sun again. So you've got these sort of concentric circles, and outside of that you put your um your herbs so you know you're cooking herbs your your um medicinal herbs and those things flower all year long they've got little teeny tiny florets and they attract pollinators constantly and they also attract the predatory wasps that will kill the bad bugs that you don't want to have on the rest of your fruit so what Mm. you've created is kind of a concentric circles and the outside circle of herbs is like a defensive perimeter around your other fruit. So you don't need pesticide um, and you don't need weed killer because weeds are just misunderstood plants. They're basically pioneer plants and they'll go in where nothing else will grow. They'll break up the soil. They'll allow nutrients to get into the soil and um, and water and air. Uh, and so it's, you know, when you pull weeds, you're setting yourself back a year, literally. So we allow the weeds to grow in there and, uh, you know, I'll just, I won't pull anything up. I won't pull any weeds, but I will cut them off um, and I'll throw them over the fence to my goats and, you know, they love that stuff. So it's free food for them. And there's, again, symbiotic relationships between all those plants and the other ones. So I've got probably 40 little mini ecosystems um, on less than half an acre of land on the side of a hill, uh, south-facing. And as time goes on, those trees get bigger and they can bear more fruit. And, um, we, um, last year got four monster gorilla carts. I don't know how many, how many, um, gallons they were, but four monster gorilla carts full of Asian pears from one tree, for example. So, wow. uh, and because we've had such a huge amount of, of, um, you know, of production um cause all I do you know once I plant it all I do is just go and harvest so I'll I'll bring in 6 to two gallons of fruit a day and about halfway through the summer Jane whose poor job it is is to can preserve freeze dry all of this stuff you know she just says stop so we do have three freezers and we will put stuff in the freezer and you know she'll pick it up again later in the fall um so to, to preserve all that. And, and, you know, we've got a, we've got 120 animals on the property too. So, um, you know, it, uh, we feed our animals, we feed ourselves and, uh, mm-hmm. the animals are our livestock and, you know, we have Nigerian dwarf dairy goats. So, um, they produce all the dairy milk and dairy products that we would make every product that you would buy in a store. Um, from cheeses, cheddar cheese to mozzarella cheese to cheesecakes and ice cream—best ice cream in the world. Fifty percent more butterfat than cow's milk, um, and that's good for you. Um, and if you're lactose intolerant to cow's milk, uh, you won't be to goat's milk. And you know we don't put any chemicals in our animals, so we don't get any of that either. So it, the the garden really, once it's set up and established, it just takes care of itself, and we don't even water it. Um, you know, we let nature do that because these are perennials, so they have a chance to to put down deeper roots, and um, they're not as susceptible to droughts, too much water, too little water, too much heat, too little heat, um, as your garden variety annual vegetables, which have a three month life cycle. So, um, you know, these these you plant once and harvest for a lifetime. And it just keeps getting bigger and just keeps producing more food, which, uh, you know, we we have the opportunity to feed ourselves and feed neighbors and our animals as well.
2: So you, do you do you guys sell any of it or mostly store it, eat it and give it away to friends kind of?
3: Yeah, um it's just not really worth our while to go out there and sell stuff. And then uh, a lot of the stuff is going to be approved by USDA and go through all that rigmarole. And frankly, I just not, assume not have the government in my up my butt on any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we just don't, uh, but we preserve everything that we don't use, you know, that year. So we've got a lot of that food preserved and, you know, it's, we're going to need it sometime.
2: Okay, a couple questions I see here. One is, what do you do about peach tree worms? Um, Do you have peach trees on your um, food forest? Hey, let's take a quick break.
1: Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the target, LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com privacy.
3: We'll see you there yeah I yeah we do um, I don't have any problems with with those kind of things but you know I think that's because we we take care of those predators you know the way na- I, I grow food it's like the Garden of Eden it's the way nature has grown things for millions of years without man's help and you know the reason that man mm. grows things in straight rows is it's easier for somebody to harvest. And they do, you know, monocrop agriculture with one crop in a huge area. And, and that just invites pests. Uh it invites those kind of things. But when we've got, you know, those little mini ecosystems, uh, that doesn't that doesn't happen. You know, we don't really have a lot of problems with, with pests. And the production is so much that when we do, you know, we might have a few scabs on on some of the, you know, Asian pears, for example. And because our production is so high, you know, my wife gets really picky now about what she's going to preserve. So mm. she says, I only want the roundest, easiest to skin and peel, you know, pears so the goats can get the other stuff. The pigs can get the other stuff and the really bad stuff that already started to uh, turn and rot be the chickens. get.
2: Well, maybe losing you there but I do want to answer pistol here? Pete's question. Yeah. I, you, you went out for a second, but I'm going to answer pistol Pete's question. Cause I know pistol Pete. Um, and this is answers only for, for Pete, no one else. This answers only for pistol Pete, pistol Pete. I would take seven dust and just sprinkle it all over and dunk your, 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 I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But <laughs> that kills everything. No, don't do that. This is, that was just for pistol paste like So, kill your bees too. Yeah. Was, say what?
3: I said it'll kill your bees too. And the, and you uh, know yeah. one of the one of the nice things we have is we've got seven beehives that are right next oh. to our garden. So, you know, they help pollinate everything and they create mm-hmm. you know honey for us. And because a bee will fly as far as five miles for pollen and nectar, I've got, you know, stuff that's constantly flowering there. So they can make a lot more trips and the more trips they make, the more honey they make for me.
2: Yeah. So the next question is um, what kind of um, food kind of tree could you make for like a hedgerow for privacy? Now let me ask you this question because I have a friend and she grows an apple tree up about three feet and then branches it all off like a grapevine. Do you do that?
3: No, you could. I don't No, no. Yeah. Uh, my that's my sh- trees that are chipped. Yeah. yeah. I, I, my, my fruit trees are like 30 feet tall now. Okay. Um, okay. And so what would you they use for, you know, privacy? Ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What would I use for privacy? Uh, there's, there's lots of plants out there. You can do that and, and you can, you can create these barriers as well. So Blackberries are simple. Uh, raspberries are simple. Uh, they grow and they they twine and intertwine and everything. And uh, you know they're pretty pick- prickly, so it's a good way to keep uh, pests out that you don't want to have. Um, uh, Osage orange. Some people call it Osage orange. That was kind of the um, in the 1600s. That was the the farmer's uh, natural barbed wire because um, those things have huge spikes in them and you can intermingle and intertangle those things. And um, you know, they will just, uh, they'll just keep growing. And it's it's what the the old farmers used to use when they didn't have fencing as they planted that stuff. And it kept the cattle where they wanted to and kept the predators on the other side. So um, that's a great thing to have as well. um, Just to, if you're looking for ways to keep people out or keep, you know, predators or other animals out, that's a, that's a great way to do it. How about to hide? What would you plant to give a, just a, a visual barrier? Uh, Rose hips are great. Um, You know, they, they grow up and they grow out and, you know, they'll grow 15 feet tall and then they'll start to fall over and they just, they, they grow into this huge thicket. So it's, it's medicinal for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will they'll just cover up everything that you're doing so for from a privacy standpoint, they're great, okay, gotcha um, so most people
2: preppers will have a garden, row gardens just row at the row at the mm-hmm. row. How do they transition um and what would you suggest how they should transition? To something more of like what you have in your book and about what you talk about, uh, it, you know the secret, um the secret garden. How would they? How is that a transition um, to go from rose to the secret garden forest or garden?
3: Well, yeah. The the reason I did the books, the first one was the secret garden of survival: how to grow a camouflage food forest. The reason I, I wrote that book was because I had done so many presentations uh, like we talked about earlier at all these different you know prepper events and people kept asking me is it well you know you should write a book you should you should show us how to be able to do this so um, that is why I wrote the book and because this was a huge experiment for me too because I had done everything the traditional way beforehand um, I took pictures every step of the way and uh, you know I took color. And this, you know, Secret Gardener Survival is really just kind of a picture book. And I take you through step by step by step, you know, everything from how to dig the hole and what to plant in it and how to, you know, get things started and and even creating some of these symbiotic relationships right off the bat. So, you know, you can plant a, a grapevine with an apple tree and with a comfrey in the same hole. And, you know, their roots will intertwine and they'll all share nutrients. And and people, um, you know, every time they think of grapes, they think of trellises. Well, nature doesn't grow things in trellises. Nature's trellises are trees. And so these grapes grow up on the trees. They both do better together than they do by themselves. Um, You know, I've got lots of pictures that show um, grapes growing on an apple tree. Uh, The apples are green. Uh, the grapes are starting to ripen, the grapes ripen, you pick those, then the leaves of the grapes fall off. And now that apple tree has full sun, you're getting two crops in the exact same amount of space. And the reason that we plant uh, comfrey, which is a, a, an herb, um, it has a 30 foot tap root. So it'll reach down 30 feet and pull up nutrients that the tree and the other stuff can't reach. And it'll share it with the other plants around it and that whole little wow. ecosystem. So, um, you know, things like calcium and magnesium and those kind of things that, that the plants need, but they just can't reach. So that's kind of the whole symbiotic relationship that, that goes through there. Um, we grow you know annuals too we grow things like tomatoes and that kind of stuff um but we grow it in amongst these little ecosystems so they can take advantage of you know the the predatory wasp and the other stuff in there and literally you know when you grow this stuff out it it just looks like um kind of an unmanaged uh you know, forest that that just kind of things just kind of took over. So it's not clear to anybody walking by that you've got food growing there until stuff starts to ripen and, you know, apples turn red or, you know, whatever it is you've got uh, starts to ripen. So when everything's still green, you, you, people have no idea that you have food growing there. And today, in today's world, most people don't know what food looks like unless it's in a package with a label on it anyway.
2: They grow it in the grocery store, don't they?
3: Yeah, right. Oh, you know, the stuff that they grow in the grocery store, it it ain't real. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I've seen strawberries in Walmart that are like huge. And I'm going, mm. there is no way that's a natural strawberry. You know, it's genetically modified or something, or they just pump the thing up full of drugs. But, you know, when you when you open up something like that, it's still all white inside and it's just kind of bland mm. And it it never ceases to amaze me when people come here and we serve them a meal of the stuff that we make, you know, including desserts that have fruit in it and, you know, peach cobbler or whatever. Um, And they have the strawberries that we grow. And it's like they're tasting food for the first time. You know, Mm -hmm. they've they just haven't had that flavor because the way we're growing food these days, not only have we got pesticides and everything else in it, and it's genetically modified, but they're growing it in, you know, they're constantly growing it in the same soil. So they're losing key nutrients that you would have in there otherwise. And um, there's, there's been a study that shows that there's a third of the nutrients in our food today that there was in the 1960s. So, um, and that's why, and, and people, people, You know, we wonder why we have such an obese society. But, you know, your body is telling you that, hey, I'm missing something, you know, just keep eating. And uh, and that's why
2: I read an article several years ago. And you probably know the facts on this, but the article stated that in your average grocery store in America, if you go and pick up an apple, that apple was actually picked over a year ago. And
3: they—I don't know, it, uh, you know—I don't know. But.
2: It, but the average, and that, and y'all can look it up on the internet, verify what I say. But the, but, the article said that the average apple in any grocery store was last year's harvest. It's never this year's harvest because mm-hmm. look at apples. I mean, apples. I mean, apples were. I mean, apples aren't being picked in ninety percent of America from here until next what? right october september so they're they're at least about a year on average old and so um anyway um so um with your so tell us like the variety of fruit and vegetables you grow and because you said a half acre everyone has well i won't say everyone has a half acre i'll say a half acre is not that big no Uh, And what kind of, and what kind of, you know, name some of the things that you grow, if you don't mind. I mean, just, I want people to know that you can grow a lot of food in a half acre.
3: Right. Well, um, the beauty of this system too, is not everything gets ripe at the same time. Uh, So if it did, there would be no way I would be able to pick everything. Mm So. We, um, you know, strawberries are usually first, and then, um, red raspberries, um, black raspberries, blueberries, um, figs, uh, apples. We've got muscadine grapes because they're native here, and scuppernaugh mm-hmm. grapes because they're native here. We've grown Concord grapes here too, but, um, they don't. They don't do as well because uh, they've got a very thin skin and um, wasps will come by and they'll sting them and then they'll suck the juice out of them. So those, those grapes will literally be fermenting on the vine. Uh, um, so we try to get stuff that is is indigenous to the area as well. But we grow, you know, kefir pears and Asian pears, which are like a cross between uh, an apple and a pear. They're round like an apple, but they're hard like a pear. Um, you know, those are very hardy for here. We grow a number of different peach varieties as well. And I've got videos online that show that I've got, you know, trees where they are so, um, laden with fruit that the branches are laying down over me and I'm stuck, I'm standing inside this giant canopy and, you know, I pick five gallons of, of peaches in 15 minutes. Um, you know that's that's a that's a good harvest so um and we've got uh hazelnuts and uh you know we've got walnuts and black walnuts and and we also grow all of your regular garden variety vegetables um, and we've got our greenhouse which is a year-round greenhouse my secret greenhouse of survival it's an insulated greenhouse And, um, you know, we grow exotics in there that we wouldn't be able to grow in our environment because there are times that we get 33 degrees below zero in the winter with a windshield factor where we are uh, in the Appalachian Mountains. So it's we we, um, you know, we're growing your sort of salad type vegetables in the greenhouse and we also grow things like uh Meyer's lemons and coffee trees and you know stuff like that. I was going to ask you about that. So, uh,
2: <laughs> I saw the video of you building this um your greenhouse. I think you put that online. And then you were you were growing coffee in there as well and you're still growing coffee inside of there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I how many times has anybody ever said they'd kill for a cup of coffee? Well, you know, in a grid down situation, we've got coffee and, uh, and you know, that's, it's good for us. It's good for morale. It's good for our, you mm-hmm. know, prepper group or whatever you want to call us. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, you when you can't get coffee, we're going to have it and, it's one of those items that if we got into a barter situation, you know, I could barter that I would much rather barter coffee beans and then bullets that they can shoot me with. Yep. Yeah.
2: So, um, a question came up. How do you keep squirrels from eating peaches? I mean, I I'm sure Jane survivor, Jane's out there were her 22 and that's dinner for Sunday night. Right.
3: Um, well, you know that I, I had a problem early and be, because we, we cut this thing out of a uh, 75 year old or uh, 75 foot tall uh, oak forest. So a mature oak forest. And then we put this kind of right inside of it. So we cut a half an acre out and you we were still, you know, all lots uh, still on the mountain. So, you know, they were deer going through that was through their trails there. We've got squirrels, we've got raccoons, we've got possums, we've got a lot of. Potential pests for our foods, as well as predators for our, our other animals. Um, and, um, you know, we've like three years ago, um, I watched as a squirrel was up in our peach trees. And I'm going, what the hell is he doing up there? Because everything was just blossoming at the time. So there were just flowers mm-hmm. in the trees. And the damn thing was eating the blossoms. Now, if you understand anything about fruit trees, they blossom once, they don't blossom twice, and you know, whatever blossoms, whatever is 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 uh you know is pollinated um ends up being fruit. So those damn squirrels were eating the fruit before they were even allowed to be fruit, and I said, Okay, this has got to stop. So I um I got an air rifle and that just didn't work. And so I I bought myself a, um, you know, old standby Ruger 1022, and, uh, you know, that does the job. And then it got to a point where, you know, I had to reach out and touch them. So I learned a lot about optics, um, you know, scopes and that sort of stuff. Because if you realize that a squirrel is like three inches tall when it's, you know, on all fours, and you've got to reach out 60 yards. And my gate, mm-hmm. for example, is 63 yards from my, my window. Um, that thing is just teeny, teeny, tiny. So mm-hmm. you kind of need a scope to see it. And, you know, when people talk about, you know, something squirrely, well, that's because it hops and it stops and then it jumps and moves in different directions. So um, you, you learn to be a marksman to, I like to say, you know, everything I learned about, uh, shooting and, and optics, I learned from squirrels because, uh, you know, if you can take out those little guys, then, um, you can, you can take care and dispatch the other predators that we have too. And, and, um, you know, because we have chickens and ducks, uh, you know, every we're in the Appalachian mountains, we have every predator, um, in Western, you know, in the Western, uh, Appalachian mountains here. So, um, You know, we close all of our animals up except for the pigs because nothing bothers them at night. So we bring everybody in, lock them up. But uh, I still have um, motion sensors that are sound sensors and light sensors, and I've got different zones. So if uh, something's over by the chicken coop that shouldn't be there, um, that's like 33 yards from my bedroom window, and I've got a clear shot at it. And I've also... um, I've also got a thermal scope, too, because they can't hide from you with thermal. Uh, You know, night vision, you may or may not see something just depends on, you know, if there's any ambient light at all Uh, in the fog. You see nothing with night vision. Um, But with thermal, they can't hide. I mean, just you you can see a heat signature anywhere. So up around
2: where you guys kind of live there's been a lot of reports of bears
3: up there I've,
2: I've read this yeah. year.
3: Yeah.
2: Have you had any issues
0: yeah, with
3: a, them? Um, they've torn some stuff up and we've seen them on game cameras. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I am concerned about them, but uh, we haven't, we haven't had an issue with them. We have, we have lots of coyote issues. Um, And that's, that's the biggest problem. And, and they are, you know, they're not a cute little dog. They're not, you know, oh, how can you possibly shoot one of those? Well, I, I will tell you that if you've ever seen, and there's plenty of videos out there of a coyote taking down sweet little Bambi deer, mm-hmm. and the, the, the deer is still alive, and the coyote's got his head inside of the deer and eating the organs while that deer is still alive and in shock. So yeah. we'll do the same thing to goats, which, you know, I've got dairy goats and uh, we've got rabbits and we've got, you know, ducks and we've got chickens. Um, so I have no, no, no love loss for that animal because they really are an invasive species. You know, they were originally out West and now they've, they're, they've moved here and they just, they're, they're, you know, they'll eat just about anything, uh, including cats and dogs and, you know, whatever else, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, you know, we're always on the lookout for them. Most of the time they're hunting at night and they're not an issue because we've got everybody locked up. But, you know, you do see some in the day and when they are in the day, you know that there's something wrong. Um, I saw a game camera that showed a coyote and it was limping during the middle of the day. Well, that's injured. It's going to go after the easiest prey that you can get. And that's livestock. And, uh, you know, when, when they, when they have kits, um, you know, in February, the first thing that they teach their, their young to hunt is livestock because it's the easiest thing to to catch. Right. So, you know, you've got to, you got to protect your stuff, you know, you got to protect your own well-being as well as your animals. So, um, so you know, I have
2: chickens, do you have ducks too?
3: Yeah, we have ducks. They're they're an integral part of my garden system because um, they will eat the bugs and slugs and snails that I don't want to have on the rest of my fruit. Uh, they'll walk through and, you know, they will fertilize behind them and they turn those bugs and slugs and snails into protein for me. Um So we've got uh, khaki Campbell ducks, which are the most prolific egg laying fowl in the world. They produce Mm. 300 eggs per duck per year. Um, Mm. And they're like one and a half times the size of a grade A extra large chicken egg. So not only to produce more eggs, but they produce larger eggs, too. And so they they are kind of my pesticide, you know, my my pest killer Mm. in the garden. The beauty of the ducks is they don't scratch up roots like chickens do. Um, you know, if you have chickens and they're in a contained area, you realize they turn everything into a desert pretty fast because right. um, they just keep scratching the same spots over and over and over again. So, um, you know, I've got chickens they're in a separate area um, and, uh, you know, they kind of move them around, but they're all in they're all contained in fencing. And I've got uh, electric wire running over the top of all of my fence uh, because predators look at fence as a uh, as a ladder. And they'll climb up, you know, your raccoons and your possums right. and that kind of thing. So um, they get shocked when they reach the top and that most of the time will stop them.
2: Do you, um, with all this food and with the egg, amount of eggs you're talking about, you guys must, do y'all have a freeze dryer?
3: Yeah. Y'all free- yeah, yeah, that was, I would- yeah, we, we got it. We got it two years ago. We, uh, I resisted uh-huh. it for a long time. Um, uh-huh. But yeah because we have that the eggs and we tried mm-hmm. every way to preserve eggs from the, you know, the, the water glass stuff to the oil, you know, mineral oil and they last about six months. And then, you know, right. at some point in the pantry starts to smell like, uh, like rotten eggs. Cause that's what it is. Uh-huh. And Jane and I point at each other and go, okay, it's your turn this time, um, to, to find where it is. So it, you know, um, she was dehydrating eggs for a while, and uh-huh. you know, the, the, the dozen and a half eggs so 18 eggs, you know, those kind of cartons. Well, six of those, if you dehydrate them, will fit into a small sandwich bag. So, that's a lot of protein that you can carry around with you or in your bug out right. bag or whatever uh it's easier to store and it doesn't you know, have to worry about it breaking and going bad so we're doing that with uh with freeze drying of eggs as well and freeze we freeze dried meat and everything that we've we've got the biggest problem with the freeze dryer is you know when they sell you on the fact that you can freeze dry stuff they tell you well it's only like 24 hours well it's never 24 hours it's always longer right. than that um and you know, there's a certain amount of power that those things take up, they tell you that, but what they don't tell you is they generate heat. And so now mm-hmm. if you're trying to keep your house cool, um you've got to and, spend more money on power to cool off your house. Um so we've developed and systems not quiet. Where, you know we try to No, they're not. No, they're not quiet. Yeah. but Yeah. So but um, it's just another another way for us to preserve stuff. So yeah.
2: Okay. Someone asked if you had any goose or even a peacock. I heard a peacock is good for uh, protection um, around the around like a garden and farm. Do you have any of them? A goose or even um, guineas
3: or not guineas. Um. Yeah, guineas allowed. Guineas allowed. Yeah. They're, and they're you know they're a good watchdog, so to speak. But they are so loud. I mean, I. First of all, uh, there's a farm down below me and they are a long ways away. And when those guineas go off, it's like, man, that is just annoying as hell. Um, and it, it gives away your position. You know, if you're trying yeah. to be discreet, uh, they are not discreet, Um the same thing with yep. roosters, you know, you can, you can hear a rooster from five miles away. If we're in a situation yep. where we're in a grid down situation and there's no cars running and there's no motors running and it's just quiet as nature can be, um, you know, they can triangulate your position just by, you know, following that rooster crowing. So roosters will be the first animal that I kill um, in that kind of situation. But um, geese, we've looked at it because the geese will get along with the ducks. Um, But we really haven't had an issue with, and we have a lot of birds of prey here. We have a lot of hawks, but no one's really touched the ducks because they're kind of a bigger duck, these khaki campbells. Um, And geese are aggressive. I mean, they're aggressive toward you, you know, your owner. And the reason Mm -hmm. that they, you know, they come up with the term being goosed um, is because they're just about that height. So, um, you know, they they can grab you by the fly and um, it's not it's not a fun situation. So uh, it's uh, so, yeah, we we just decided against against geese um, because, yeah and and we're you know, we're looking the animals we have are all very small, very sustainable, don't require a lot of feed, um, don't require a lot of space. Uh, you know rabbits are the best source of protein you can get and you could you know you can grow those guys in cages and you could you could create you know three three girls and one boy will produce 90 nine zero full-grown rabbits in a year and yes. you can do that yep. in a garage if you want to so yep Um i grow
2: rabbits i love rabbits they're easy to grow they're easy to dispatch and i actually did a yep. class one time of uh, uh, and oh, yeah, th- I mean, we're all preppers here, but I, um, a class at Uari for um, National Forest. I bet people I could have a rabbit on a grill in a minute and 30 seconds while teaching a class, and I did. I was teaching a class in a minute wow. and 30 seconds. I had that thing finished, taught everyone how to do it, and it was ready to go. Well, um, I don't want to end with you, but I do want to tell everybody hey, you can get these books. Um, uh, Rick, what's your website when you sell books? I want people to go to your website. What's
3: your website to buy books? It's secretgardenofsurvival.com. So secretgardenofsurvival.com all run together. And that will give you links to the different books. It'll take you to videos. It'll take you to, you know, my YouTube channel where I've got, you know, 175 videos on the stuff that's not included in the books that you can see kind of, you know, more advanced classes, or you can see things kind of in different stages, you know, from at different times of the year. Um, And it'll take you to social media as well. So it, it, you, you kind of get a, an overview of what the garden's all about. And the live talk book is all about and the greenhouse is all. About. And um, it's just a good resource. And from there you can, you know, click on those links and, and buy the books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble.
2: Okay. I'm going to get someone to post that link. They'll post it in a minute. Um, but also the mm-hmm. reason is I, I'm not done with you because Rick, I could never do a show with you, and I ask you what the heck is going on in the world because you keep up with politics, the news right you keep up with I mean you're like the the jack of all trades when it comes to food force doing shows, but what the heck is going on in the world right now, and are we going to survive or are we gonna be in a war what's your what's your thoughts on that I, I gotta know what Rick is thinking
3: um read what the world economic forum is putting out, that's what's going on. You know, there it's, it's the reason for everything. It's the reason that they have vaccines that actually harm you and kill you. Uh, You know, the the world economic forum said that we have to be down to um, basically cut out 95% of the population. So uh, it's probably going to be easier to control uh, the few that are left They want to put us all in uh, these smart cities, uh, you know, so that they can, it's, it's, it is 1984, the book, the movie, it is exactly that. Mm -hmm. You know, they just want, they need some workers, they need people to do the menial stuff that that robots can't do, or the stuff that robots can't do, and the elite will live well, and uh, the rest of us will own nothing and supposedly be happy. But um, they need to they need to call the herd and you know I'm not believe me, every time I go into Walmart, I realize that you know there's probably a few people we could live without. There's probably a lot of useless eaters out there. Um, but um, who's gonna make that decision? who's who who is God that's gonna decide who's who's and who dies? And um, I'm not really willing to give up my freedoms and uh you know i'm not gonna i'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees but you know in the meantime i'm growing my own food which means i don't have to spend money at the grocery store it means i'm healthier than you know anybody I, that would be for my age um and it's just uh it's it's a great lifestyle too so i mean just look at let's look at what i save a year by not having to go to the grocery store. I think the average family now is spending about $17,000 a year um, in food and, and staples alone have gone up um, 74% in the last two years. So things like sugar and, and flour and the stuff that you make stuff with has gone up. So, you know, if, if you don't have to spend 17 grand a year, in uh, food because you're growing your own or at least a big portion of it then that money can be plowed into other prepping stuff whether that be ammunition uh, supplies you know medical stuff um, drugs and that kind of thing to to uh, thwart off the next disease and pandemic or um, you know solar panels for your house whatever it happens to be Um, so it's it's a lot easier to live and it's a lot easier not to have to make a lot of money. um, If you, you know, you're not spending close to 20 grand a year just to, just to feed yourself and it's security too, food security. Um, But in terms of what's going on in the world um, look at what the world economic forum wants to do. They want to turn, you know, they want to kill 95% of us and they want to turn the rest of us into slaves and uh, you know they want to be the ruling class um because they've decided that they are and um you know the people that are involved in that are all the ultra rich elites and um you know Klaus Schwab uh, the the guy that runs the world economic forum um he got it honest so to speak because his father was one of uh, hitler's right hand men a nazi and his mother was a rothschild so um You can kind of see where he's coming from, but, um, yeah. And I don't, you know, maybe, maybe most of these elites that are in uh, Washington DC think they're going to be safe too, but I think they're just useful idiots that they'll use them until, uh, you know, let's get rid of you. I mean, look at, look at all the different communist countries when they've taken over and, and, and created communism. They've, um, started off with socialism and the, um, the elite educated class would push for the socialism stuff. The ones in that are teaching in colleges and that kind of thing. And the the politicians are pushing socialism. And then when they finally get to full blown socialism, the communists take over and they kill all the guys that helped them become socialist. We got to get rid of you. We can't have you around because you'll speak up against us. So, um, that happened. And it's it's a major thing of control. And I think even bigger than that, even, you know, a, a higher level of thinking maybe is that this is just um, this is a war of good versus evil. This is this is, you know, God versus the devil and and the devil's minions that are, you know, being used by the devil to uh, to take us out. So it's a spiritual thing, too. And you've got to start thinking spiritually and realize that you know these aren't just people you're dealing with um they're they're demons and i i my i affectionately call the, the Democrats in Congress uh demon rats that's what they are um and there's lots of lots of Republicans that are on the take too but uh you know i'm I'm for um lord and uh, god and country and family and um those are the things that we need to we need to protect and the united states of america is has been and still is that shining beacon on the hill that the rest of the world looks to and when they take the united states down which they need to do um if the united states fall then everybody else falls and, and what i am encouraged about Is that people are waking up around the world and suddenly, you know, the French are protesting, the Germans are protesting, the farmers in Holland are protesting. Um, I think just the other day they sprayed uh, feces fertilizer all over Parliament in in uh, Holland uh, because Mm -hmm. they're trying to stop them from growing food. Um, You know, people are, are finally. Yep. Argentina and, uh, you know, people are are finally waking up and saying, wait a minute, we we don't want to be doing this anymore. And and with the, quote, migrants um, from the Middle East moving in and not assimilating, um, people are tired of it in Europe. I mean, they were sold a bill of goods that they really had to be. And, you know, they were they were trying to be nice and accommodating and help these people out and. You know, they're getting raped. They, these these are Sharia supremacists that just want to, you know, institute Sharia law. And that's their function. And there's a lot of push to uh, send them back from where they came. And that's I think that's good. I think people are finally standing up and you know for their right as humans. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, that's encouraging for me.
2: So it, it, it's almost like this, um, you know, America, we have had the conservative population. We, 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 we speak our voice. We speak our opinion. We try to vote our our people into office. You know, when, when I'm a conservative, when we look at an election, we look at it as an election. When the Democratic Party looks at an election, they look at it as war. That's two mm-hmm. different ways of looking at it. Oh yeah, and yeah. what and you're 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 naming all these countries that people are rising up, and it's a big deal there because they've never done that before, and it's almost like we we try to do in an America, and we just kind of we got tired of it, or we got beat, or lost a little one of the the battles, or and we're and we're we're just kind of putting up with the crap now. These other countries as it becomes more mainstream, they're not going to put up with it. There's going to be major turmoil in right. all these countries, um, more so than ever in America.
3: I, I agree. And, and um, you know, it's, I'll never forget this video I saw after the 2020 election, where it was obvious to so many people that it was stolen. And somebody in, I can't remember, it was one of the Slavic countries, but, you know, they, he is like, what is? We're Americans. You, you have guns. Why aren't you storming the Capitol and demanding that they redo the election? You know, scare those guys out of there. He's like, I can't understand why you're just laying. You know, sitting, sitting back and taking it. And I don't know. I, I think at some point it's gonna. I mean, it's getting bad. I mean, it's getting bad from an economic standpoint. It's getting bad, you know, in every conceivable way. And, um, you know, what what this administration has done, the third administration of Obama, um, you know, they have tried to destroy this country. They're doing everything they can from, you know, suddenly, oh, well, we just lost eighty five billion dollars worth of our best Uh, Arm, you know, armors and technology and guns to the the Taliban because we walked off and left them away. You know, we're giving all these this armament and these missiles to the Ukraine, and um, oh, now we're running out of stuff to protect ourselves. This is, and and let's stop the pipeline so that we're no longer an exporter of energy and we have to beg Saudi Arabia for it at much higher prices. It's it's all intentional. I mean, it's all intentional. You you couldn't be that stupid. So, you know, they're they're purposely trying to destroy this country. And again, you know, if you destroy America. The rest of the world is happy. The elites anyway, because there's nobody to say to point to and say, well, America, you know, they've got guns. They've got the Second Amendment. They you know, they they can speak their mind. They have freedom of speech there's freedom of speech in other countries, but not like the United States. It's not right. in, you know, in their constitutions. It's, I mean, in England, for example, they have freedom of speech until parliament decides that, no, you don't, um, you know, you can't talk about this anymore. And all they all have to do is, is create a law and now it's illegal to talk about it. So mm-hmm. we're not there. This is, this was, you know, in our constitution they're trying as much as possible to take it away. The government is tr- trying to take it away through third parties like, you know, Facebook and YouTube and, um, you know, all of the the platforms that are all part of the same, you know, MK Ultra project for the CIA. But uh, it's, you know, it's... Um, That's where we are, and you know that's why we need to, uh, you know, think about things from a spiritual standpoint and go where it takes us.
2: That's some. That's one reason I've kind of changed. I'm still all about groups and survival groups, and you talk about groups a lot, and that's why I. I that's why I, I love what you're doing, and respect you because a lot of people aren't in groups, but I know, I know, I know you're in a group. I So that's kind of been PrepperNet's focus is in a group, in a group, in a group. You can't you can't do it alone. A group is your most important preparation. But here recently I've kind of changed my – I've changed course a little bit. And it may be because not speaking from a, a – a, a, not of arrogance, but I've been doing this for 23, 24 years. I know how to purify water. And I've practiced it 40 times, maybe 140 Mm -hmm. times. But now I've been focusing on, hey, people, what? And so I teach a class, even at Prepper Camp, start a home-based business. Because get out of the system. That's what you and Jane did. Y'all were both business Mm -hmm. people working in in the towers. And get out of the system by creating your own business. You can create income from your own business you can mm-hmm. um kind of get out of the system once you i mean you get your house paid for and your land paid for what do you need money for you i mean you need money just grow your own food you could literally grow your own food still go on vacation do everything you want to do when you retire and not even make enough to pay taxes <laughs> you know you know mm-hmm. what i mean you could be in a certain yep. tax bracket and that's why i created the course you know and been been pushing Guys, you can retire. Everyone's equity in their house has gone up 50%. You could sell your house, go buy something, and retire early. You just don't have you know the millions of dollars that you wanted. But it's more valuable than when you're 65, 7, seven years old, and you finally retire. What are you going to do? You're not healthy. You, you Yes, you got money, but d- the 20, 30 years, you waste it of just trying to build that nest egg up everybody's like what does a home-based business have to do with preparedness i'm like everything to get out of the system and i also focus on so people starting their own business trying to get out of the system and also focus on privacy and security let's protect right yourself and your your information And so, um, that's kind of the two paths I've been going down a lot with preppers and and a lot of them like, "Eh, I want to learn how to use a live straw. I'm like, well, go watch a dang video.
3: Yeah. We need, we need alternate economy. Um, you know, we, we need, we need to stop giving our money to people who hate us. Um, so, but you know, on the other hand, um, they, as they're saying now, go woke, go broke. Look at what's happened to Disney. Look what happened to Bob Iger. He he got kicked out for for all of this um moronic and you know anti-family stuff that the movies, you know, Disney's movies, have been putting out uh, from from the company that was supposed to be the family movie empire. And now right. they're producing all this crap that people won't go see. And the last three hundred million dollar movie they just created, you know, had nine million at the box office. Um, you know, they're they're upside down in all that stuff. And that's great because, you know, the Bud Lights of the world are learning their lesson. Um the, uh, the the Disneys may or may not learn their lesson. Uh, but you know, we've got people are waking up and they're voting with their dollars. Or, you know, yep. at least not going back to, to them and they're canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions and and everything else. So good. That's good. Let's let's show them that we do. We really do have the power. There's way, way more of us than there are of them. And um, we just need to figure it out and and unite and, um, you know, and vote, take these people out. Yep. <laughs> hey, well, vote. But we've got to vote in ways that can't be stolen. Right. Uh, they figured out how to do that too you know so um it's and i've become pain. much more politically active on a regional and local level too because mm-hmm. i watched that 2020 election and the 22 election in uh in arizona and all they did is just shut off the damn machines and so you know people that were going on the on on the day of voting to vote didn't vote because they couldn't and right. So they're, they're doing every conceivable way from literally stuffing ballot boxes to, uh, changing the algorithms on, on the machine. So, um, did you watch 2000? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. That's, it was, that's shocking to see.
3: And then hear
2: what people think that they know about the election. You know what I mean? Mm.
3: Yeah. And, um, there's a a video out there Uh, now, Mike Lindell funded this thing, whether you love him or hate him or don't just think he's whatever. Um, but there's a guy, um, who is really a statistician that, that has been working for him. Um, and he went and he analyzed, uh, 3000 counties in the United States and there's 3000 something counties total. um, and uh, looked at look at the machines and looked at the voter rolls and noticed that the voter rolls they cleaned the voter rolls so the voter rolls went downhill and then just before the election the voter rolls went up so they just stuffed those voter rolls so that they can then create votes that go with a voter that doesn't even exist anymore. You know, there were there were more 120 year old voters in the last election than ever before. Um, so they're they're doing those kind of things, and it's th- the machines are connected to the internet as much as they tell you they're not. They are connected to the internet, and um, we've got to look at ways to maybe. Um, block those things. And there's, there are ways to do that. In fact, Mike Lindell has come up with a device um, that can actually block the signal uh, so that these machines can't get on the internet. All you have to do is have it in that room so that they can't be changing votes. But, you know, we've got to start doing that because 2024 is coming up and uh, we can't afford to lose this one. Because if we do, we're, we're going to lose the Republic. And, yeah. and as I've told Jane so many times, it says, you know, it, it's we either win it in the election or there's gonna be blood. There is gonna be blood. It's either ours, theirs, or both. Uh, but there will be a civil war and um because hmm. people won't won't stand for it any longer. <clears throat> well, Rick,
2: that's I mean, we've gone this gonna be a great podcast for people for sure. Get your digit, your um your website again is the secret gardener garden
3: of, no, of secret Garden of Survival.com and okay. of course preppercamp.com.
2: Yeah, so your and your tickets will be on sale until the end of December and then they're going to go up. They're 50, 54.95 I believe right now, guys.
3: Yeah. Um, right now.
2: So yep. get, yeah, 54.95 preppercamp.com. Get your tickets before they go up. It, this also helps Rick. He knows how many people are coming. He can get a good feel for it. And I'm sure a lot of these things you have to pay out front too to get tickets. I mean your your TV right. and your tents and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and the earlier you get the tickets, the better off you are. And they always sell out. And so don't think Rick probably don't want me to tell you this, but if you're down and it's two weeks before paper camp, you think you lost your money because you can't because you now can't go because Granny's now in the hospital. Trust me. There's a black market for these tickets <laughs> because they they sell out. There's a black market. And we we always have them. People are like, hey, I'm selling my tickets or whatever because, you know, stuff happens. So don't think you're going to just lose your money if something happens. Trust me, there, there's a market for the tickets because they stop selling them because they sell out. And people always are wanting tickets. So um, and um, but don't count on that either, though. <laughs> Go ahead and get your ticket. Well, actually, at that time, you would pay more for the tickets than there are now. So go ahead and buy them now. So, um, but Rick, Austin, thank you. Tell Prepper Jane, um, Survivor Jane, we said hi. And I know she's going to yell at me going, why didn't you have me on? (laughs) No, she's awesome. I love her. Um, But thank you for doing Prepper Camp. Thank you for the books you're providing and you're writing for everyone and guys go buy their books i mean you guys got questions buy the books and rick has never been known not to reply to someone's email I've, everyone i've ever talked to you always reply um if you have a question and then you go to take his classes i mean a lot of, a lot of information um and you guys make yourself available i know um you guys do i mean your your wife is big on twitter's on is it Right. Prepper talk. She does the hashtag Prepper Talk.
3: Yeah, she's uh, she's all over social media. So yeah, Um, you know she's always out there. She's she is the social butterfly, sure for sure. Um,
2: Yeah, it, it's funny when at prepper camp down the vendor road, she goes just like this from tent to tent. Yep.
3: People are talking to her. <laughs> yeah,
2: because everyone. I mean, not that you don't, but um, she just talks to I, everyone.
3: Yeah. No, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm in, I'm in full management mode during prepper camp. I wish I could go to the classes. Cause I, I, you know, I, I find these classes. I said, Oh yeah, that's one I'd like to see. I really would yeah. like to see that class, but I can never go because I'm always managing stuff and and making sure fires are put out before they even happen. Um, and that way everything's seamless for the attendees they never see where there might be a glitch and you know there's there's plenty of those things that can happen with with as much technology as we have there as much you know if i could do the event without without big screen TVs and without AV systems right. and computers and powerpoints it would be so much easier for me but you know it's it's all about people learning stuff and those are great tools to be able to do that so um, you know, we got to keep on top of it when we're, when we're there.
2: Yeah. It's always a great event. I've always enjoyed going. And um Rick, I appreciate you coming on and sharing and, and educating us and can't wait um, for until Prepper Camp happens. And um, this will be put out on a podcast later this week. And if you need anything, you know, you can, you, you know, you can call me. I did get your event. It's on, um, um, PrepperShowsUSA.com. um and I, I did send a, a, a password reset for. But I just said, you know, we would take it, and I'm going to promote. We always promote your event, and I will promote it um, from um, from PrepperNet and PrepperShowsUSA Shows USA both.
3: Actually, Jane and I changed some of the copy and uh, the main picture today because she was oh, able man. to get on, and I said, um, yeah, that was that was like three years ago we were saying that so things so that much has changed and we're doing so much more so yeah I know. well no i appreciate the i appreciate the you found it and you put yeah. it back up but so we we just uh i said oh that's great now i don't have to bother you know force to, to i do think it i even in, create a banner
2: just, for you to decide there so um
3: yeah yeah um, i appreciate that you know that's yeah good. man
2: that's, that's yeah good. so um so everyone um thank you for um for coming on and thank you for being with us and we thank rick he's been awesome and you guys have a good week next week is um next week is um scott let's don't forget about scott which you're good friends with scott so um um he's gonna be on next week there we go so we will see you next week at eight o'clock and it's our christmas show god bless everyone and y'all take care
1: thank you Thanks for listening to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com.
0: Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.